1: Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go! Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, run fold so! Jake on the table and Ape on the place, no! Pete enumerates the plays, a are analytical! Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that! Picking their brains, got different lanes, but I like that! Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order, they disorder more and more Because the players ain't no older, they some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders, dick got that eye, eye like mortar. Peak grinding numbers like molars, I don't know anymore. more I am at a crossroads. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfolds, so Jake on the table and map on the place, though. Pete and the more it's a analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player run phone, so. Jake on the table and made on a play,
0: though. Hello, Peter welcome Numa, back to the Dynasty the Crossroads. My name's Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. I'm usually joined by my co-host, Jake Anderson, at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter. Unfortunately, he's still being kept away by life right now, so he, it's just me lately tracking trends instead of uh, breaking down one player at a time from both a film and a metrics point of view, because uh, we only have the metrics point of view in, in at the crossroads right now. So um, what I was hoping to look at this week, last week, uh, well last two weeks, I've mostly been breaking down volume as I'm writing up uh, target share and snap share uh, for Dynasty League Football for my weekly column. Um, as well as doing projections of player profile and all that stuff. Um, this week I wanted to highlight a trend I found that I, wanted, that I wrote up in my column and I think it 's really interesting for what might happen over the next few weeks. As we know, point scoring tends to vary a lot over the first three weeks compared to the rest of the season. Um, we've got some really high scorers in the top 12 or top 5 in each position right now that typically won't finish um inside the top 12 uh by the end of the season top 24 maybe but top 12 uh less likely so um so i wanted to point out some things that i'm doing like every week i'm trying to i'm trying to stabilize it i've been throwing out so much information so often that I think uh, me and everyone else is getting lost on it. So I'm really trying to break it down into several things that I do every week that I keep consistent. One thing is I produce a DFS sheet, which really I'm just a casual player, but I enjoy it a lot and I do a lot of research. So um, I think I have some interesting takes and I'm putting that out every week, with some good information in it. I also do this red zone report where I break down where everyone's getting targets inside the 20-yard line, I break it down by five-yard lines, and then do a, a very basic expected points model on it, essentially, that I learned from TJ Hernandez, um, where we can find out how many fantasy points over or under the uh, each player is scoring with those specific touches um, at those yard line dif- distances, um, compared to like what an average player of the last three years would have scored. And so it's a good way of tracking regression. Second one, I've got a usage, or third one, I've got a usage sheet. It's what I'm using for my DLF um, article every week, where I'm tracking target share, I'm also tracking snap share, I'm also tracking the changes in those two things, and I insert some other things that I find interesting, like a metric that I'm trying to build uh, and perfect called udud which is essentially also a regression finder who's outperforming their opportunity on a week-to-week basis. Um, and some stuff like that. Uh, I'm also. I, I just realized I'm. I'm tracking. Um stats against each defense in order to make adjustments on a week-to-week basis for my weekly projections and it's a really interesting breaking down way of breaking down matchups like are you going up against a defense that's allowing 16 rushing touchdowns 16% rushing touchdown rate um, which happens to be 12% over the average like Atlanta are facing this week when they go up against Tennessee um, and that's just for QB so I'm also breaking it down by position as well that doesn't mean Matt Ryan's going to go out and rush for three touchdowns. (laughs) But when you break it down for each matchup, you can find some interesting stuff. I've written a few of those up and posted them on my Patreon. My Patreon's mostly free, by the way. Like, it's just another place for me to put stuff. Um, And so check it out. I I share them on Twitter sometimes as well. Um, And stuff like that. So, yeah, those are the main sheets I'm trying to produce every week. Uh, Using data from a variety of different sources, and I'm going to try and keep it consistent uh, this year. So, those three or four sheets, and um, all together they create a really interesting weekly perspective on what's going to happen. Now, uh, the usage sheet that I'm using for my DLF article one, the trend I wrote up. Uh, this week, I've got a uh, trend of the week section uh, I've just started writing, is that we're getting a remarkably high percentage of players, or, or a ra- remarkably high raw number of players, getting phenomenal volume right now. Now, volume's the most important thing for fantasy football. It's the most trackable, it's the most stable, and it's the most predictive of fantasy points, which for fantasy football players, that, that's a really important uh, thing to be aware of, which is why I write that Target Share article. And why there are so many stats devoted to try and find out who's getting opportunity and the most valuable opportunity, like expected points or weighted opportunity rating from Scott Barrett um, and other things from different sites. But um, when I was just looking at the target share, the percentage of targets each player at each position is getting for their team, I just keep kept noticing these incredibly high volumes. For example... Uh, when checking out some players that I'm a big fan of, like uh, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, um, even Kenny Galladay and uh, Alan Robinson, um, I was really excited to see they all had over a 26% target share in their offense. Like Typically, a wide receiver one, like a top 12 wide receiver, will get about 22 to 23% uh, of the team's targets for a full year. So I was like, awesome, these guys are hitting. Uh, the problem is they rank outside the top 12 in target share just for the wide receiver position. So it made me curious, and I went and dug back into like a five-year history, and since 2014, um, we've had roughly on average about 11 players average over 25% of their team's targets for a full season. In 2019, right now, going into week four, we have 17 players averaging over 25% of their team's targets, and... uh, Uh, The more elite the volume, the bigger this trend gets. For example, since 2014, we've averaged about 2 players, so 1.8 players. I've got no idea which player we cut uh, into tenths uh, to get the 1.8 players, so let's just call it 2. So about 2 players a year will get about 30% of their team's targets. Really, you're expecting one, you might get a second. In the in other words, in fact, over the last three years, since 2016 to 2018, only one player um has actually had a 30% target share, and two of those players were DeAndre Hopkins. He mul- he multiplies when you start looking at statistics this way. So, in other words, we it's been at least four years since we had more than one player with a 30% target share. Now. Um, in 2019 we actually have six players right now at the wide receiver position with 30% or more of their team's targets at the tight end position uh, even more bizarrely we have one player with over 30% of their team's targets and since 2014 we've had exactly zero tight ends that have that much of their team's receiving targets uh, focused on them and that player right now is Darren Waller the guy the only tight end in the NFL I think at this point that hasn't scored a touchdown ever so So when he starts scoring touchdowns, these numbers could get awfully silly, awfully quick this year. Um, But enough Darren Waller love. The the point here is that Darren Waller's target share is probably going to have to come down. Now, Tyrell Williams isn't the perfect receiver for him, but Hunter Renfro's growing. And Keelan Doss really hasn't gotten involved in the offense yet. So I think some of those targets are going to start to go away. Now, it doesn't mean that Darren Waller isn't going to be a top-five tight end. He's very much locked in as a top-five tight end this year outside of injury or drastic team usage patterns changing drastically, which, again, that's the thing about volume. It's it's more sticky, it's more predictable, but random volume spikes do happen. But after three weeks, I think we're pretty set that Darren Waller's going to get a really high target share this year. And without being injured or something else bizarre happening he's very much locked into really a top three role and and don't don't say i never told you that the top five and the top three tight ends are unstable year to year they just are so the early tight end craze Uh, anyway moving on back to wide receiver 30 percent of targets for wide receivers again we have about five extra players right now getting 30% of their team's uh, targets, so I went and looked at them, um, and I expect a similar thing that I'm saying with Waller, over the course of the season, you'd expect some of those targets to diffuse out, these six players are definitely locked in to tough roles, apart from maybe one, uh, for fantasy in the NFL, but their other players on the team are just going to start getting a higher percentage of their team's targets, and so they're going to still be great players, but the other players on the offense could be start to become more useful. And perhaps that's a fantasy, actionable piece of information. So to look at the top six, um the six wide receivers getting 30% or more of their targets are Keenan Allen, unsurprisingly, Mike Thomas, unsurprisingly, Cooper Cup, slightly surprisingly, but not really, uh, Mike Evans, a little surprising this year, and then DeAndre Hopkins, which, you know, We should should just all pencil him in for 30% of his team's targets forever. So there's that. Um, We also see some of this already starting to happen since week two. And again, we're, we're only dealing with three weeks. As everyone's saying on every podcast ever about everything they're saying, it's only a small sample size. But between week two and week three, Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, and the other name... Jameson Crowder getting 30% of his team's targets all dropped in target share, so they're getting a smaller portion of their team's targets. Now, obviously, all of those players were still great last week, um, apart from Jameson Crowder, but... um we should expect that to continue and we should expect it to happen to Keenan Allen and Mike Evans. Now, 2019 might just be a weird year. It's proving to be a weird year in a lot of ways, or all years in the NFL are weird. But in terms of volume, it's a strange volume year with all these high uh, opportunities going to different players at every position. So maybe this is more like 2014 and 15 where we can expect three players to have 30% of their team's targets. But I would expect the number to get closer to three than it is right now at six, and over three weeks, you can probably see how quickly that can change. Within a couple more weeks, of just a 20% target share, which is still great, and suddenly we don't have six, we have two. So it'd be very easy for this to change quickly on a dime. Now, what does that mean? So, one thing, Jameson Crowdy again, the reason he's getting 30% of the team's targets, and we're not all excited about him, is because he's got an A dot of like minus seven or something like that. Uh, I can go look, but who cares? It's like six, between six and seven, and there's no value in his targets. Even though he's a very good player to be earning that many targets, there's just not a lot of value in them for fantasy, especially since he gets almost zip, zero, no, not a red zone work on a team that has the second least amount of touches in the red zone through three weeks. They're not going to the red zone a lot, and they're not throwing it to Jamison Crowder when they do, so that, that's why Jamison Crowder isn't working out for you, um, and probably won't. He'll be a fill-in, and he's fine that that volume can lead to a good solid of ten points and maybe a spike week here or there. But uh, yeah, mostly it's just going to k- keep being this uh, this terribly hard volume thing. And again, he's definitely going to regress. I would say of the six, he's the most obvious to regress under that thirty percent as more targets go to Robbie Anderson or someone else. So. What I did is look at literally the, tar- the raw targets that everyone got last week um, to see if I could see some players that might have some spike weeks, might have some extra value. We saw some of this with Mike Evans. Not Mike Evans, sorry, John-Drey, uh Devontae Adams, sorry. Um, and the Thursday night game. Like, uh, D- uh, D- D- Devontae A- I'm forgetting his name over and over again. Devontae Adams isn't in this top six list, but he's still getting an incredibly high percentage of the team's targets, as you would expect. Interestingly enough, from, interestingly enough, from a volume perspective, it's actually been really difficult to separate out MVS from Devontae Adams, apart from the fact that we obviously know that Devontae Adams is a better player and the number one in the offense. They've both had a similar amount of air yards. In fact, uh, MVS has a slightly high, higher ADOT. Um, and they both had a similar target share at 26%. And so going into week four, I didn't know which one, but I expected one of them to get more points than they have been getting lately because they've both been underperforming their volume a little bit on a per game basis. Turns out it was Devontae Adams and then he went and got turf toe, so who knows what's gonna happen with that. But it was it's just an interesting another one of these interesting usage situations where the number one was really hard to differentiate from the number two in terms of overall volume. The main way that they could be differentiated and was that uh, Devontae Adams was playing more snaps. And he was being a lot more efficient with his targets as well. He had a racer of like, uh, or receiving air conversion ratio from airyards.com. It's an efficiency metric of how well players convert their receiving yards into, or, or air yards into receiving yards. So he was a little more efficient at doing that than MVS. But other than that, from a volume perspective, they were almost a, shockingly identical. Uh, But just to go back to these teams with 30% target share going to one player, um, the New York Jets, as I was just talking about Jamison Crowder, last week uh, we saw Braxton Berrios, Um, And also Robbie Anderson get uh, more targets. Braxton Beres actually led the team over Jamison Crowder with six. Jamison Crowder had five. And Robbie Anderson had the same number of targets as Jamison Crowder with uh, five targets as well. In fact, over the last two weeks, Robbie Anderson and Jamison Crowder have been neck and neck in raw targets. So we're already starting to see that change switch where more players are getting uh, more targets. And where. Robbie Anderson has a higher dot. He's going to have some more spike weeks, and we can probably expect him to turn up on the books a few weeks, uh, more than he has done so far. Um, again, I don't think the he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver this year. The Jets are just simply too bad. But following the trends that we're seeing, I think that can lead us to some interesting places while making roster decisions or dynasty decisions. Um, in two thousand nineteen, specifically, if anyone's interested in Jameson Crowder's thirty-footer targets, like sell them, that would be great. Um, looking at Tampa Bay, we already saw Mike Evans spike back up uh, week three because he was the most regression-prone candidate. Uh, all-player pretty much ever, um, all those receiving yards and inefficiency leads to a high degree of uh, of uh, regression or variance, for that matter. But in week three, he had um, 15 targets. So th- that's what's pushed him over that 30% threshold. That's going to come back down again as Chris Godwin earns more targets, and he'll probably be the more stable asset on a week-to-week basis through 2019. So that's actually very actionable in DFS and also in uh, regular season leagues. Like, do not panic. On Chris Godwin too hard, and um, now OJ Howard, uh, his volumes remain fairly stable between three and four targets uh, since the start of the season. Um, I'm hoping he gets more, but at this point, we just—it's more important to understand how a team is going to use players and how a team could or would or should. Everyone's playing could or would or should games, which actually makes the sharper edge beyond just accepting what teams are going to do and how they're going to use players. So OJ Howard's probably going to be a little under. It's not because he's a tight end in a Bruce Arians offense. That's just not sticky. It's not predictable. But um, with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin dominating target share this much, OJ Howard just hasn't been able to crack it. Uh, significantly, but you're probably going to see some good weeks from Mojay Howard going forward again because of this usage trend league-wide and this need or this likely regression um, of all these targets funneling to so few players and diffusing out throughout the rest of the offense. Now in New Orleans, New Orleans uh, with a brand new quarterback for at least a little while, and um, we can expect a lot of change. Last week, um, Alvin Kamara became the target leader with ten targets, and he overtook Michael Thomas, um, who dropped to. Seven targets. Now Michael Thomas is going to come back up and I don't think Alvin Kamara can sustain 10 targets a game so that's going to go back down. Traquan Smith is injured and has been injured for the last couple of weeks um, and he was getting two or three targets for the first three weeks and um, first two weeks sorry before he got injured and um, I just I, I'm really worried about Traquan Smith to be honest with you and um, but both he and Ted probably aren't the best wide receivers for Terry Bridgewater, who's more of a close to the line a scrimmage player. So I wouldn't expect either of them to get a higher volume of targets over the next few weeks while Drew Brees is out. Gerard Cook, however... Who's had three, seven, and two targets? Two targets, um, with Teddy Bridgewater last year, last last week. Um, I do think his targets could go closer to that seven. He had seven targets. He had in week two, like that could be one way that the targets diffuse through this offense. Um, and so Jared Kirk has been pretty disappointing through the first few weeks, but I think his target share is probably gonna come up as Michael Thomas is comes down again even if he stays up over 30 it's going to get closer to 30 instead of uh being up over that number and so i think jared cook is interesting for the rest of the season at least just in case whoever has him is low you can make a trade or if you've got a difficult start sit decision um and we start to see these targets come up jared cook could easily be a start whereas right now he's difficult to start um i think the los angeles rams is one of the most interesting um with cooper cup getting 30 percent of his team's targets Cooper Cup's really good. He's clearly the primary target on that team. He gets a lot of red zone work as well. But Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods have both been suffering for production. In fact, they've mostly been suffering through inefficiency with the targets they've got. I think both of, all of those are going to earn more targets. Also, what's happening is Josh Reynolds right now. I don't think Josh Reynolds has earned a target this year, and I don't think he's been injured. And um, with Todd Gurley being injured and very few pass, or not injured but being unfocused all of a sudden by the Los Angeles Rams, um there's not a lot of targets going to the running backs either, which is what helps has helped boost Cooper Cup's. Um, 30% target share right now, we can expect that to normalize. Whether you think that uh, Todd Gurley is going to start getting more targets or the running back position itself, or you think uh, Cooks can maintain the 12 targets or closer to the 12 targets he had last week than the four he had the week before that. Robert Woods has had two and then eight targets over the last two weeks. I think last week was more true, right, where Cook and Woods are getting a lot closer targets and... Um, to what Cooper Cup gets than the week before when Cooper Cup was just dominating them with 9 and everyone else was getting less than 4. So again, these targets are going to diffuse throughout the offense. I think Cooper Cup is one of the players that's going to drop out of that um, top tier and target share. He'll still be a great wide receiver this year. It's just that we can hopefully expect more from Cooks, Woods, or maybe even Todd Gurley. Probably not the tight end position, just kind of tired of waiting for Gerald Everett. Um, Los Angeles Chargers. So Keenan Allen's also getting thirty percent. I know. I think he could be one of the ones that stays there. Mike Ev- Mike Williams has been injured. Uh, Hunter Henry is gone for the season. Travis Benjamin is a really good, solid NFL player. Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson have actually been earning targets and being really efficient with them. But like, I think we've seen what they can earn. Um, and Keenan Allen has had ten, fifteen, and seventeen targets. Like he has not slowed down. This hasn't spiked up and down. Um, really consistently Keenan Allen has been incredibly high in target share and with my, Melvin Gordon coming back in that creates another uh, uh, target um, for uh, Philip Rivers and players don't earn targets off each other but the target share is consistent the target pool can increase but the percentage always has to remain at 100 right? That's the way percentage works so I do think that Keenan Allen can keep something like his current volume up. It's probably going to regress back down closer to 30% again rather than what's he at right now? 37%? That's 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 insane. That won't keep up um, but I do think he's one of the players more likely to stay at this high elite level of volume so yeah, just be really happy you have Keenan Allen if you do and if you don't could go trade for him or something Um looking at Houston I think DeAndre Hopkins is the most likely he is probably the one <laughs> to get 30% of targets in this offense because he's already done it twice it's only happened nine times in the last 10 years and DeAndre Hopkins has two of those seasons so yeah this is probably going to be his third um, however having said that I think he's a little too high as well where was it um Hopkins has uh no, he has exactly thirty percent, so he probably just based on knowledge of the player, he's probably not due too much regression. However, I would say you can expect some more spike weeks from um, Kenny Stills due to long touchdowns. Will Fuller has had three, seven and seven targets in the season because Kikikute is not a thing again but anyway and um, will fuller is going to have some better weeks he's had some good i think a couple of his weeks have been fairly good but he's going to have some more good weeks um but it's not because DeAndre Hopkins targets are going to diffuse that's the one thing DeAndre Hopkins can't do he cannot diffuse targets um which you know no one no one said about at all Um. This trend's also true with running backs, by the way, and that's what's really, to me, really interesting right now. This is true for all three uh, major offensive receiving positions. Um, right now, ten running backs have over fifteen percent of their team's target share. On average, five since two thousand and four, between five and six players have that many at the running back position have that larger target share. Um, for their offense. So that's probably going to rest down a bit. I would say, however, since two th- even since 2014, that's a number that's been trending up. Like in 2014, three running backs had 15% of the team's targets. 15, it dropped to two. 2016, it went back to three. 2017, it's up to eight. And last year, 12 players had 15% of targets at the running back position. This is a thing that's trending up. It's something we've been noticing and talking about um, ad nauseum in a variety of different ways. So I do think that uh, the 15% target share for running backs could be a little more stable. Um, and in fact if we bump it up to 20% that's also pretty close to what we had last year on average we've had like one player with 20% of the team's targets of the running back position in 2018 four running backs had 20% of their team's targets Um, I I just think this is actually something we can believe in the number of running backs actually getting a high target share that's a trend we've seen um, larger scale not just over the last five years Um, and so in 2019 we can probably believe that. Like I said, um, right now 10 running backs have 10% of their team's targets. I think that's going to stay the same. I would say if you're hoping out holding out any hope for Jalen Rashad or Naheem Hines to join this group again, just we can keep hoping that teams are going to do what we think they should do or what we need for our fantasy teams but there's actually more edge in just accepting what teams are telling you they're going to do. And right now they're just not going to use Naheem Hines and Jalen Rashad they're just not. Um... Especially at the running back position, most volume is given. Most volume is um, a coaching decision. They decide the split, but at the running back position, they also decide much more, have much more control over who's going to get the touches in that split, um, which is why Austin Eckler is probably screwed a little bit. I, I I would be in a buying mood for Austin Eckler, right? right now, by the way, but Melvin Gordon is going to take that job back. Like, I have argued vehemently several times for undrafted free agents keep jobs when running backs come back from injury over the years. And again, it's one of the hard lessons that I've had to learn of just accepting what teams tell you about usage. They're going to use the hell out of Melvin Gordon when he comes back next week, which means we get one more great week out of Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. And I am still buying both Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson at their high price, at their reduced price. I just like good players, and both of them have proved to be that. Um, and sell Mevin Gordon, except for in redraft where he's going to get used a lot. Anyway, um, so that's a trend I noticed. It, the, the same is coming through in the points per game, or in raw fantasy points, by the way. Um, So if you look at an elite level of points per game production, like say 20 points a game for wide receivers um, in 2019, we currently have 11 players at the wide receiver position getting 20 points per game. The average since 2014 is 3.8, so about 4 players. So we're 7 players over getting this elite points per game number. And that's due to a lot of players like uh, John Ross, for example, getting uh, a couple of spike weeks in a 3 game sample. So that number's definitely going to come down as well. Same is true at running back position as well. We average about... One player getting 25 points per game. Right now we have three running backs getting 25 points per game. That's probably going to regress down a little bit. The one I'm concerned... The one I'm not concerned with is Christian McCaffrey. One of them is Austin Eckler. And the other one is Dalvin Cook. So maybe we'll get two this year. But I really think Dalvin Cook's not playing on enough snaps. And I really think that team has to start passing more. I mean, right now their passing volume is lower. Like by half compared to the Seahawks last year. And that was one of the most run-heavy offenses we have ever seen. So Minnesota's going to probably have to start throwing just a little bit more. Not enough to completely revive Diggs and Thielen. Uh, Although Thielen's still doing just fine because he's Adam Thielen and he's awesome. Uh, I mean, Stefan Diggs is awesome too, just not quite, you know, he's a 1B kind of awesome. Okay, guys. Um, uh, So uh, they're going to start passing more. So it's a buy Stefan Diggs window. If anyone's tilting on Adam Thielen on a low volume offense, um, despite his performance last week, Why Adam Thielen too? Especially with his age, everyone's afraid of Adam Thielen's age and Adam Thielen don't care, so uh, go get Adam Thielen too if he's available. Um, especially now, like uh, Mike Evans and uh, Devontae Adams have spiked back up all of a sudden, um, as they should do, because uh, that's how regression goes. Like Adam Thielen and um, Stefan Diggs are two people not due rev- regression right now, but the offense itself is due reju- is due passing regression, if you will. Like it should throw the ball more. Um, it should have no choice, just because of logic, and that's not what a team should do. Uh, that's tracking very few teams have ever been this run heavy compared to pass heavy and that's going all the way back to the run heavy era so um that's probably going to come up over the uh, over the course of the season and i know i'd buy both those players especially in dynasty all right that's that's about 30 minutes of me ranting about target share and and high volumes of target share so i'm going to make like a tree and get out of here um, thanks for joining me at the crossroads because, you know, someone's got to, someone's got to pull Jake's weight and I'm glad it's you, to be honest. So uh, thanks for joining me. Please uh, hit us up at Dynasty Crossroads on Twitter at Dino Crossroads and um, Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF and maybe ask him how his jazz band's going or, you know, how his new child is doing being new to the world and all that might actually be a bit of a better question Um so thanks again and I will see you next week here at the crossroads see you
1: you're at the dynasty crossroads they film in Jake just grinds that tape It's the dynasty crossroads where film is everything The dynasty crossroads where numbers are the key There may not be consensus, but we'll give you everything